0: All right, let's uh, let's pray and we'll uh, get started. God, we thank you so much for today. God, I pray now that you would just uh, God use this time for your glory and your honor. God, may they may they not be my words, uh, but God yours. God, may they uh, instruct us on how to be a parent, and God, how to raise our teenagers in this sex-driven world that we're living in. God, we thank you and praise you, In Christ's name, Amen. All right, so. Of course I know my name is John. I am the uh, pastor of students and outreach here at Iron City. And so thank you guys so much for being a part of this weekend and hanging out with us. Uh, I know it was early this morning. Uh, I, I got off of a flight from Mexico Thursday at like I got home at eight and woke up and came here and got ready for this. So it's been a busy couple of days. So if I fail or say something I'm not supposed to, I apologize. Alright, so starting out, I want to talk to you about a story that we um, my first ever past winter camp, because uh, i 'cause I'm I'm recently the new youth pastor here at Iron City. So yeah. I want to tell you what I did at Youth Camp. Gosh, we're gonna make it out in the hallway or something. <laughs> oh, I, <am> here. <laughs> I like Chris in back row seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be talking about that later on. Uh, anyways, I was talking about at winter camp how we re- how God wants to know us and how that we how our desire is to know him and how we're supposed to uh, show an example of that. And So I refer to Genesis 4.1. Genesis 4.1 says and Adam knew his wife Eve. Alright? No big deal. I said this is the way that God wants to know us and that we need to know I said, is there any other translations out there that maybe I, I didn't uh, that, that I want to read? Because I was thinking, you know, I, I researched different translations, not all of them. I clearly made that mistake of not tra- like looking at all of them. Uh, and so a, a kid, a, a guy in the back row, was uh, just super excited to read it. I mean, he was just, he was pumped. He was, and I was like, great, now I'm reaching this kid. I mean, he's, he's, he's opening up, he wants to read It's Awesome. Go ahead, Ben. Go ahead. Go ahead. And read it. And he goes. All right, my version says, and, bat- "And Adam made love to his wife Eve." And I was like, "What <coughs> am I just do? All these kids? I've got like a, I've got a, a, a homeschool parent back here. That, I mean, like she is, she is dying." And that, and it, it, The bad thing is, it got worse after that. And I'm, I'm just going to cut it off at that. If y'all want to know that, you have to ask me personally, um, because it was, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, <coughs> I'm surprised I didn't get fired Uh, because our pastor was there. But he was laughing at us, so I was totally fine. Whatever. Anyways, But I learned from that day never, ever, first off, ask a teenager to to read a translation that you're iffy about. Second, never let them read anything about sex. I mean, like, it just, it it went off. uh, It went off pretty bad. All So before we talk about dating, I want to talk about sex. We're all married in here, right? Everybody's married? Sex is nothing new, right, for you guys? But I just—I don't want to talk just about sex. I want to talk about what the Bible says about sex. And then we'll go into dating, okay? So the first mention of sex in the Bible is found in Genesis 2, 24. I'm sure we've all heard it. Probably heard it at, at weddings, at counseling, <coughs> marriage counseling, if y'all have been through that. But it says male and female are to unite to become one flesh. You know, when we're first reading uh, this in English, it appears to be talking about a physical or a sexual union. But while these words don't mean less than that, they mean so much more. In other words, marriage is a union between two people so profound that they virtually become a new single person. The word unite in some translations to cleave means to make a binding covenant or contract. Now, I shared with our students a couple weeks back what a covenant and a contract was, especially in those days. Most of the time, it was between two kings. And what they would do is they would slaughter an animal and they would separate it out. And then they would walk through that animal and they would say, by doing that, they would say, if I go back on my word, if I don't do what I say I'm going to do, then may what happened to this animal also happen to me as well. So that's what what the Bible talks about when, when... we talk about marriage and sex. <coughs> this covenant brings every aspect of two personal, two persons' lives together. They essentially merge into one single legal, social, economic unit. They lose much of their independence. In love, they donate themselves wholly to the other. <coughs> to call marriage one flesh, then, 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 to, uh, sorry, then means that sex is understood. As both a sign of that personal legal union and it means to accomplish it. It means to finish it to the end. That's a covenant. Bible says, don't unite with someone physically unless you are also willing to unite with that person emotionally, personally, socially, economically, of course, legally. Don't make don't make don't become physically naked and vulnerable to the other person without becoming vulnerable in every other way. Because you have given up your freedom. And you have bound yourself in marriage to that one person. See, sex is one of the most powerful God-created ways to help you give your entire self to another human being. Sex is God's appointed way for two people to say to one another, I belong completely and permanently and exclusively to you. Yeah. must not use sex to say anything less. (coughs) So according to the Bible, a covenant is necessary for sex. It creates a place of security and vulnerability and intimacy. The biblical view implies that sex outside of marriage is not not just morally wrong, but also personally harmful. Think about it for a second. Sex makes you feel personally interwoven with the other person, doesn't it? In the midst of sexual passion, you naturally want to say things such as, I will always love you forever. See, outside of marriage, you're giving yourself to someone that may not feel the same way. We see in Paul's writing to the church of Corinth, uh, in 1 Corinthians six seventeen, where it talks about how Christians should not have sex with a prostitute. That's pretty straightforward, right? Don't have sex with a prostitute. I mean I'm, I'm, that's in my mind like, hey, it's something I probably shouldn't do. Everybody agree? Not even probably. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> trying with me. Like, oh okay, that would so unless you're what's his name that had the wife Yeah, we, we won't <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> he says that you would not bind yourself to them, right? Would you offer your whole self to a prostitute? No, no. You can answer the question, please. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, male prostitute, all the women here? Okay. Thank you. Nobody's, nobody's going to answer my question. <laughs> you wouldn't bound yourselves to, to him, so he says to keep away from sexual immorality. For you do not belong to yourself. You were bought with a price. Show forth God's glory then in how you live your bodily life. This is where I'm going to talk to you guys. So why would we allow someone who may or may not love us the same? Or to put it in perspective, who may or may not love your teenager the same. For us to keep turning a blind eye and to continue to allow them to have sex when all it's doing is causing them harm and maybe harm to their future spouse. See, if they're not married, they may find themselves in a uh, feeling of marriage-like ties, feeling that the other person has an obligation to them. We see this. We see this in their action. See, if they're having, and and that, that happens when they're having sex outside of marriage. But see, their boyfriend or their girlfriend that they're having sex with has no obligations to them. no legal, no social, no moral responsibility to even call them back in the morning. See, this problem leads to jealousy and hurt feelings and obsessiveness if two people are having sex but not married. And it makes breaking up vastly harder than it should be. It leads many people to stay, to stay trapped in a relationship that may not be healthy. Because they feel like they're connected to that one person. Therefore, if you allow your teenager to have sex outside of marriage, eventually sex will lose its covet-making power for them. Even if one day they do get married, sex outside of marriage eventually works backwards, making them less able to commit and to trust the other person fully. Guys, you know what I'm talking about here. This is, not, this is not something new. Y'all know this. Now that we know what the Bible says about sex, I now ask you this. Is this something that you want your son or your daughter to go through? The answer should be no. Because if we are teaching our kids that it's okay for you to go out and to have to, to do these things, all we're doing is setting up them for failure. We're setting them up for failure. We're setting them up by f- for failure by saying you're young, things happen. So here are some condoms and some birth control. Go have fun. Now I'm not getting onto those parents that uh, their, their daughter may have some, some medical issues and they're on birth control for that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you physically going out and you buying your son, your daughter, birth control so they won't get pregnant. Can we just stop for a second? <coughs> Can we address the real issue? You see, as parents, we don't view sex as a problem. What do we view as a problem? When they get pregnant. It's all It's all good. Until Johnny comes home and says, Hey, I got my girlfriend pregnant. Or when the daughter comes home to her parents and say, Mom, Dad, I'm I'm pregnant. That's when it becomes an issue for you. That's when it becomes an issue for us. (coughs) So you may ask ask me, What what do you expect me to do, John? What, What do you want me to do? The answer is simple. It's not always easy. Teach them to love Jesus. Teach them to seek Him, to pursue Him. Pray over them and for them. Let them know that you are praying for them and their future spouse. That was one of the coolest things I remember as a child was my mom praying over me and praying. Uh, She would would always pray for my future spouse as well. Now, this could happen for multiple reasons and, and for multiple situations such as, I always joke with her uh, as far as, you know, I tell her all the time that as she was praying for my future spouse. I, I picture mm-hmm. in my head, you know, dear God, help my future daughter-in-law deal with my crazy son. I'm like, <coughs> that's what I thought about whenever she was praying sometimes. I was like, I am crazy, and then there's nobody going to love me. I'm just, I'm, I'm too high <coughs> right. But what was so cool about that is she was praying for Holly, and she didn't even know her name. So, you see, my parents never encouraged me to date or told me that I would end up single or some crazy person living in a van down by the river if I didn't date somebody. Like, that, that, was, that was not their thing. Um, however, <clears throat> I, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble here. I did date multiple girls before meeting Holly, uh, but every time the relationship wouldn't work out, um, they didn't single me out in a sense. My parents would always encourage me by saying she must not have been uh, the girl that God had planned for you. Uh, see, that's the kind of parent I want to be. One that prays for my sons and, and my son and now sons, uh, as I, we expect another know along the way. For God to guide them to the woman, to the women that he has made for each of them. Or maybe God's calling them to singleness, who knows? Um, only God does. You see, our kids have enough friends. What they need is parents. We know this. 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 this. (laughs) Parents, if you're having a buddy slash girl talk with your teenager about what they're doing on date nights and not saying anything about it, you need to stop. You need to stop. The only thing that you're doing is encouraging them to continue (coughs) down this behavior, to continue and to encourage their behavior. Well, John, I want to be a good parent. I want them, I want my child to let me know what's going on in their life. And, and, and that's fine to an extent. That's, that's not what I'm talking about here. But when you end up talking to them about sex, and you end up talking to them about what they're doing with their boyfriend or girlfriend, the night, the, the night before, whatever, and you're not stopping that, you're wrong. That is where you have to draw the line. You have to. You have to draw the line. You have to be the parent and say, look, son, daughter, this is what it's doing to you. I love you and I want what's best for you. And this is what point them back to God's word. They won't forget it. They won't forget it next time they're in that situation. Well, God's word says this. If they if they they won't. They ain't your girlfriend, they ain't your buddy. They're your children. It is your responsibility to train them in the way that they should go, For when they're older, they will not depart from it. Now, I'm not saying go the the opposite way either here. Um, Give your child space. Trust them until they misplace that trust, but also allow them to build that trust back up over time. No teenager is perfect just like you and I weren't perfect and still not perfect. We fall short every day. However, Holly... Holly is perfect. I don't know if you know that or not. <laughs> when dating, she had, uh, she had never... Um, she had never dated anybody else except for me. Um, she didn't need to. Because <coughs> she saw the best when she started dating me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pretty much she just settled or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But see, you, I started to date Holly, and Holly and I's relationship was so different than any other relationship I've ever been part of. Uh, you know why? Because everything was centered around God. Everything was centered around Christ. We would pray together. We went to church together. Our families, uh, her family wanted to know me. My family wanted to know her. Of course, that was never that was never an issue with my family. My family always wanted to know who I was taking. Uh, but it was really cool to, to kind of see that on both sides as far as for her parents. Um, but they wanted to know that, that Holly loved Jesus and that, that I loved Jesus, and so uh, I can remember praying. Uh, and this was something uh, that <laughs> I would go to our church and we <laughs> would pray together. and It was one of like the no-no things to do, like that. I'll, you know, especially with teenagers, you could pray with a a, few or a boy, you could pray with a girl, a girl, you can pray with a boy. I did it anyways because I went to a Baptist church I didn't care. Um, anyways, but I can I can remember praying for Holly, Holly and I, and, and just asking God, God. If this is not what you want, please show us. Don't allow us to waste uh, each other's time. Um, because if this is not the girl that you've created for me, I, I, don't, I don't want to date her. <laughs> Inside my head, I was like, oh dear God, what am I doing? Like, this girl's the prettiest girl I've ever seen in my life. Why in the world would I say this? What am I saying? But it worked out. And, and, and God, uh, turns out Holly was uh, the woman that, that uh, God had created for me. So... Excited about that. <laughs> um, so, I would like to give you some advice on how you can prevent your teenager from even ending up in a situation like sex and dating. You guys can write this down if you want to. If not, it's not a big deal. I love you anyways. First, find out who your teenager is dating. Find out if they love Jesus. See where they're going to church, if they even go to church. If they don't, most likely they don't love Jesus. Which, I wouldn't want them dating my child anyways, because if they don't know how to properly love Jesus, then they don't know how to properly love my child. The way that Christ loves the church. Second, don't think for a second your teenager doesn't know anything about sex or what to do. Come on, people. Like, I mean, really? We're all adults in here. We all got it, but not how to use it. All right? That's, that's straightforward. That's as straightforward as I can give you as far as answer. Third, don't allow your teenager in a room with the opposite sex by themselves, especially with the door closed. I've seen Instagram pictures and Facebook pictures of teenagers in a room together, and the doors, like, they're, they're, they, they took a picture of the TV with the door closed, and I was just like in the bed. I'm like, what? what parent would do that? I know you may feel like your teenager is responsible enough to never do something like that. I'm here to tell you that you're wrong. All right? Yeah. Um, if you think that your teen is better or more mature than to do something like that, you are placing them as an idol. You're saying that they don't sin. We all sin. We all fall short. Given the opportunity with that many hormones raging, something will happen. Trust me. Look back at the trouble that that we got in as teenagers. To think that your teenager won't do the same is ludicrous. It's crazy. I mean, like... I did some stupid stuff. I think your child will do the same. It's crazy. Fourth, this is what Holly and I did uh, when we first started to date, was to go on (coughs) friend dates. We went on dates with other Christian couples, other Christian couples. That's the key word, other Christian couples. Many times it was with our youth leaders. Um, That was what, it, it it was really cool to be a part of that. So that way they can really learn about one another. Uh, you want to encourage your team to start this friendship development before romantic development, okay? Plus, it does away with awkwardness of eating alone uh, with nothing to talk about. You have older couples there, especially older couples will, will help them and guide them on, on how to talk and how to, uh, I mean, just to start a conversation because they know they've been there. Um, really encouraged to do that. Plus, this is where I'm going to get funny, plus it holds them, it holds the couple accountable for one another and they are less likely to end up sucking face in the back of a movie theater. <laughs> oh my wife's in here. Example. There are plenty of movies I have no idea I can I can't tell you anything about. I can't. But you went to, right? I went to them. <laughs> and I got the ticket. You know, I got the ticket. But I don't know what it was about. And Russ Dono actually called me out on it uh, one time. I didn't know he was in the movie theater. I think we, we were watching uh, Bewitched. It was a remake with uh, uh, Will Ferrell or whatever. And uh, it was that was a long time ago. But uh, he's like, hey, what? He, he he caught me in the back. He said, hey, what was that movie about? I started making stuff up. He said, no, that wasn't even a movie. I was like, oh, I, I like that part where she was like flying around in the room. Like, that, was, that didn't even happen. I'm like, I don't know, man. I just, I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, no, I'll do it again. I'm like, okay. But I mean, like. If I would have been on a friend date with an Christian, older Christian couple, that probably wouldn't have happened. Parents, I strongly encourage you to, to allow your students to do this, allow your teenager to do this, because it, it, if you have a daughter, that boy is less likely to do stuff with them, with a Christian. I mean, like, unless they're absolutely stupid. But it, it holds them accountable, so I encourage, I'd strongly encourage you to do that. Lastly, get to know your teenager and who your teenager is dating. Invite them over for Sunday lunch or when the family is having something going on. Um, Invite them to be a part of it. See how they are and see how they treat your teenager. See if they have a healthy relationship. See if the teenager, see if the who, who your teenager is dating loves Jesus. Now, I don't have or know all the answers about sex and dating but I do spend a lot of time with, with teenagers, and uh, I see the effects of sex and what it does to teenage couples. Um, they become so involved with that other person uh, that, the only, that they're the only thing the teenager thinks about. And I'm not talking about puppy love here. I, I, I get that. It's a different kind of whatever. It's, what, that's, that's something else. I'm talking about uh, being obsessive with that person. To where they can't do anything by themselves. I've seen it. I, I see it. I see it Sunday after Sunday after Wednesday after Wednesday. I see it. It's out of church, because they're their boyfriend or girlfriend don't go to church. They um, uh, <coughs> it's, it's it's crazy what parents what parents look over. Um, you need to watch for these signs. Because if, if, if your teenager, if your teenage daughter especially is having sex outside of marriage, um, it, it'll make breaking up harder on them. The whole time, uh, there, there's, a, there's a lot of emotions that come with that, and uh, especially in this time, there's been teen suicides have, have skyrocketed, and I, and I believe, especially with girls, I believe a lot of that has to do with sex. Because they experienced something with, a, with somebody else that wasn't their spouse. They broke up and which cut ties I mean like to their entire life it feels like because they're not ready for that. They're not ready for that emotion that comes with sex. They're not. So watch out for these signs. Uh, most importantly, love and pray your child and teach them to love Christ. Teach them to seek Christ in everything that they do. Show them what a godly marriage looks like. Live that out parents live that out Biblical godly marriage out. Husbands, serve your wives. Wives, serve your husbands. And allow God to direct you and to guide you through this crazy world of teenage dating. And and I was I was share this with the last class. You know, we don't live in a society anymore where dating is an issue. We live in a hookup society. That's what's so bad. To where they'll snapchat, they'll be over somebody's house, have sex, and be done. You gotta watch out for these signs. Um, that's only doing more physical damage to them. It's bad, okay? Uh, and don't think your teenager is not, or never, because I'm here to tell you you're full of hope. I mean, it's, uh, it's crazy. And you know, because we all have a pastor, right? So let's pray and uh, we'll be, if if you want to ask any questions or talk about anything, we'll go from there. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much. God, we ask right now that you would just, uh, God, be with us as we go to our next session. God, that you would um, guide us in, in what we should do. And God, God, us, and how we we need to raise our teenagers, and God, raise our students, and raise our children. God, that we would not be their buddy, but God, we would be their parent. And God, that we would love and care for them. And God, only what's best. God, we uh, we thank you. God, I, I thank you for these parents before me. God, their their time and their heart to be here and to learn more about you. And God, I pray that you would bless them in that. God, may these words not just uh, be pointless for them, but God, may they use them. And God, help them to guide them. Through this crazy world of teenage dating. God, we thank you and praise you. In Christ's name, amen. I think we are late. <coughs> or early. Are we early? Mm-hmm. What time is it? You go to 11. Got 11 yes! Tenths. Questions? Any questions? No questions? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing? Anything that I can maybe teach the next session, anything that I missed, I missed a lot. This was the last session. This is the last session. <coughs> okay, that. That. Any learning you get, you missed out. On. Oh. I thought we had one more session. No. no. Question and answer. Question. Okay. Ask that question the question and Oh, I'm sorry, nobody came in my first my first class, that's why. Yeah, yeah I was like, oh. I have one more. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, to. we got one more. I was going to, but I just didn't to. Yeah. Thank you. Stop the counts. Yeah.